0: Welcome to the Equip and Encourage podcast. My heart and prayer is to be an encouragement to you in your pursuit of Jesus and to equip you in the advancement of His kingdom. If you'd like to connect with me further, head on over to my website at PastorJoshLeadership.com. Well, hey, welcome to the Equip and Encourage podcast. I'm so honored. That you would take a little bit of time to tune in. We usually try to get all this done between about 15 and 20 minutes. I'm not sure if that was the original intent, but it's kind of where we're at uh, on this season, season 4 And so honored that you would uh, just take a little bit of time and allow me to encourage you. That's what we're here for. I'm really trying to jump into some uh, things this season that, that are on my mind and on my heart. And so I hope you're bearing with me. I know it's been a little bit different than seasons past, but I want to talk a little bit today about when God moves. How do we handle that? Uh, are we supposed to handle it? Or are we just supposed to cultivate the ground in order for it to happen? So I do think there's a yes to all those kind of things. And so I want to talk a little bit about that. But before I get into that, I want to get into this week's equipping session. So, if you don't know the artist by the name of Johnny Swim, and this is kind of old news because I think the album came out earlier this year. The album I'm talking about is Moonlight by Johnny Swim. Johnny Swim is a a couple, Abner Ramirez and his wife, Amanda Sudano. I think that's that's how you say it. I think her name now is probably Sudano Ramirez. as Everybody seems to do that. But uh, she is the daughter of actual... Uh actually uh Donna Summer who was kind of a, a disco kind of seventies thing. I think it was disco, but anyway, they're just phenomenal. They kinda have a folk pop sound. I've seen them live at least once, maybe twice. Anyway, they're just a really incredible pop duo. Uh if you like music. My wife really likes it. It's something she can dance to. Uh the kids like the song. When we were on vacation this summer, this was our go-to album. So the whole car singing Good, wholesome music. Usually I try to promote worship music, but man, this is just a band that I love. Again, Johnny Swim, their latest album is Moonlight. It's really good. Get it. It'll make you feel good. It'll make you sing along. Get that album. Check it out. Well, today I want to talk a little bit about a move of God. And what happens when God moves? We're experiencing uh, what I would call a move of God in our church. I've been a part of moves of God in the past. and by that is basically, we're saying that we're we're going after some renewal, that God's doing some things, we're really allowing some room for the Holy Spirit to move. And oftentimes, whenever those type of things happen, they come along with some scrutiny, and sometimes the scrutiny is warranted. Sometimes, the move of God will attract people that are just a little bit different. And uh, I heard one time someone say that, you know, when God is moving, it's kind of like a bowl of cereal. You get nuts and flakes in there. And that is true. When God moves, people just begin uh, to show up. All sorts of people. And that's really what happens. I mean, Jesus attracted all sorts of Of people. And what he attracted did not validate or devalidate his ministry. It just showed that when the Lord is there, people show up. And so I wanted to share from Matthew chapter 13. This is uh, something that was brought to my attention in the Ferment podcast. I never looked at this verse. Uh, before, but it was just very encouraging when I heard it earlier this week. It's Matthew chapter 13, verse 24. I've heard the parable before, but never thought about it in this context. The kingdom of heaven. Now, when Jesus says the kingdom of heaven, he's he's speaking of something pretty broad. The kingdom of God is broad. The kingdom is is the king's domain. It's everything that belongs to the dominion of God. And this is what he says: the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seeds in his field, but while everyone was sleeping. His enemy came in and sowed weed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and and formed heads, then when the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, "Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from?" "An enemy did this," he replied. The servants asked, do you want us to go and pull them up? Do you want us to go and pull up the weeds that grew up with the wheat? No, he answered, because while you're pulling up the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and then tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring them in to my barn. And so Jesus is given this illustration of people sowing seeds for wheat and the enemy sowing seeds for weeds. And this is what we see in the kingdom of God. This is what we see. We see God doing something and good things spring up. We see the enemy do things and negative things, things that will come in and try to rob the wheat of its fruitfulness, come in and try to, you know, do those things and sow those seeds. And what Jesus is saying, hey, listen, don't be so caught up in the weeds. Other words, don't focus so much on the weeds, focus on the harvest. Eventually those things will grow up and we will deal with the weeds. But I'm afraid so many times we get so caught up in pulling weeds that we can actually pull up the wheat. We can actually pull up the fruit. And I've seen a lot of a lot of uh this type of thing happening in the kingdom of God, in church, that we live kind of on this defensive, you know, very much like where the police officers is us to make sure, you know, whether this is God, whether this is not God, there's definitely some room for that thinking. But I'm afraid that sometimes we view ourselves so much in a protective force for the kingdom of God that we don't actually allow God to move because we're so caught up on the weeds and this can relate to us personally or in a corporate settings and and so I wanna talk a little bit about that thought that the kingdom of God is an advancing kingdom. And we are not to be people uh, that are that are apathetic. We're not to be people that are apprehensive about the kingdom of God. We understand that the kingdom of God is moving forward. So I don't want to be apprehensive in my pursuit of that. In fact, I really want to be aggressive. I, I want to be able to, to live risky. I want to be able to embrace some things sometimes that I don't understand and label them demonic or label them not the move of God or things like that until I can really see them begin to bear fruit. And the fruit will tell whether it's wheat or a weed. The fruit will tell. I'm not going to be able to tell always in the early stages until later on when those things uh, grow and mature. So this is what I've heard many times, you know, people that have been around um, some of the great revival outpourings in America um, I've actually never been a part of one of these like city labeled, you know, Toronto blessing or, you know, the the stuff that happened out in uh, Florida a couple of times, Lakeland Revival. I know that there was some good things that came out of those movements and some very quirky, weird things that came out of those movements. Some immorality came out of those mo- movements. It's, but it's also important to understand that, hey, some good things came out of those movements as well. So the move of God, and this is what I've heard from people that have been to these huge, you know, revival centers where God's really moving. They would say something like this. I saw God move. I saw the flesh and I saw the devil. So I saw God, I saw the flesh and I saw the devil. And I think that we see that all the time, not just when God's not moving, we see it all the time in your church services you're going to see God move you're going to see God do some things you're going to see the devil move you're going to see the devil stir people up and you're going to see flesh you're going to see people operate in their carnality, but what I don't want to do is I don't want to cage up the Holy Spirit and put them in the back closet somewhere or in a home group and not allow my people to be exposed to that because of the spirit of fear. I would rather come in and try to work a little bit with what the Holy Spirit's doing and and work it into people's lives rather than just saying, you know what, we don't want any of that here in efforts of being quote-unquote safe. Understand this, Jesus in his ministry as well he dealt with these things. <clears throat> Jesus was around religious people. Jesus was around demons. Jesus was around dead people. He was around sick people. But what did Jesus do? Jesus changed the environment. We, we look at him around toxic people. Jesus had toxic people in his life. Judas, one of his closest friends, betrays him. Peter was very toxic in Jesus' life. So here's here's Peter. You know, Jesus rebukes him. Jesus restrains him. But he does not remove Peter it would have been easy to say Peter you're a weed get out of here you know you've denied me you know you've you've made all these mistakes no 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 Jesus actually uses Peter and because he's able to 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 restrain Peter to a certain degree and he's still able to embrace Peter and bring him in Peter ends up leading the movement of the church in the book of acts so this is one thing that we need to understand that if there's good soil weeds are also going to grow in good soil God's the one that makes things grow and, uh, and we've got to trust the Lord. Also, the enemy will come in and sow seeds. But those things grow in good soil. And so just because something negative is happening doesn't mean that the soil is bad. It just means that the, it actually means that the soil is really, really good. But we are providing an atmosphere for things to grow in and for things to mature in. And if there are weeds, then we'll deal with them when we know that their weeds. So I want to talk about, just for a moment, about some mistakes made in regard to God moving. The first thing is not allowing anything to grow. And that's, that's the first thing that we were talking about just a moment ago. You know, don't assume that the soil is bad just because weeds are there. Weeds are going to grow in good soil. So the, the first mistake would be just don't grow anything. Let's just not grow anything. No, no, no. We need to grow things. We need to cultivate the move of God. The second thing is this, Uh, pull up weeds before we know that they're weeds. Again, something we've hit on. Um, And I would also say this, this even portrays to our thought life. Sometimes we'll have a thought of, you know, kind of a guilt, or we have a thought of I shouldn't be doing that, or you know, or you know, I feel yucky about that. And many times, what we have is when we're just dis- when we're uncomfortable, what ha- what will happen is we'll take that discomfort and we'll just throw that thought away without even dealing with it. And one thing that I've learned is that we have got to take those thoughts captive and kind of examine those and then submit them to the obedience of Christ. This is what the Scripture tells us to do. But I think sometimes in our thoughts, we're just quick to take anything that comes into our mind that we're uncomfortable with and throw it out beloved that could actually be wheat but you're mistaking it for a weed. And so what I would encourage you in that is that you would take that thing, that you take it captive, that you examine it, look at it, take a good look at it. Is this of God or is it not? Let's compare it to the scriptures. Let's compare it to some good counsel and let's yield it to Jesus. So don't pull up weeds before you know they're weeds, whether it be your thought life or whether it be something that God's doing in your church or conversations you're having or even relationships with people. So don't pull up weeds until you know that they're weeds. And number three, the third mistake that's made is is just being destructive with accusation, We get really caught up in this thing in the body of Christ, especially nowadays with the rise of social media of saying, that's not God, that's not God, that's not God. How do you even know? You've only observed it for six months, and also you you don't know the whole picture. You're seeing a sound bite. You're seeing a little thing from uh, a church service. You're seeing something, and you go, no, it's a weed. It's a weed. It's a weed. How do you even know? You're not even close enough to examine. I would suggest this to you that... Um, You know, sheep and goats look the the same from a distance. So you need to make sure that you're up close before you start throwing labels on things. I'm gonna encourage you of that. You don't wanna get into false accusations. So being uh, destructive with accusation um, we need to examine things. Absolutely no question. We need to examine things. We need, to, First of all, we need to examine ourselves. This is what the scripture tells us to do. And then we need to examine when God speaks or when we think God is speaking. Scripture tells us to do that. If we hear a word, that we're to examine it. That we're to take it. We're to get the, the brothers and sisters of the Lord together. We're to talk about that. We're to examine it alongside scripture and say, hey, does this line up? Could this be God? That's speaking. And what I've what I've noticed is this is people that, that see themselves as kind of police officers in the kingdom of God. They're just running around with all this kind of warrants and you know, just making sure that everything's right all the time, that everybody's dotting their eyes and crossing the T's. I've seen that cause way more damage in the kingdom than, than any good. I've seen very few people rescued. In fact, what I've seen many times is yeah, the weed gets pulled up, but guess what? They pulled up some wheat with it as well. And so what they did is they destroyed people because they, they they came with a spirit of accusation. They came with a spirit of criticism. And what ends up happening is they, they destroy well-meaning people who had good hearts, and they pulled them up as well. So I would just caution you in the spirit of love whenever you, when you are examining things and whenever you are uh, accusing things or labeling things, that you make sure that you're doing it with the right heart, that you would guard your heart, beloved, whenever you bring accusation. Uh, we, it's important that we cultivate, uh, that we can have a critical eye, that we can think critically, but we don't possess a critical spirit. And uh, it's so important that we guard ourselves from that. You know, people will pull out First Corinthians chapter 14, where it says, do everything decently and in order. And absolutely, we should. But have you ever, ever had to bring order? Are you even in a place where you need to implement that scripture? Or have you done so many things to avoid the moving of the spirit that you don't have to do anything? So let's just, and this is what people have done. They said, well, we don't really want God. We don't want people to do something weird. Like the worst thing that could happen is something weird would happen in our service or somebody might get offended. That's like the worst thing. I would say the worst thing would be that we never let God move because we were afraid that it might be out of our control. And a lot of times it's not out of God's control. A lot of times it's just out of our control or out of control of what we would find comfortable. So I just encourage you, in that but to to not be destructive Uh, With your accusations. So, what are some things that we can improve on? So, that would be more for my conservative friends that say, you know what, we don't really do that Holy Spirit stuff. You know, he's kind of like the weird uncle that shows up at Thanksgiving. And then for my more charismatic friends, my friends like me, people are like, man, we just want God to move. We're all in. We're going to fast for it. We're just going to embrace everything the Lord wants to do. Absolutely. So, what I would encourage you in this is number one, healthy examination. And by healthy examination, I mean holistic examination, that we are examining things but we're examining them holy uh holy wh holy that we're really examining them in a way that we can really see the whole thing and part of the problem with the social media age is that we want we think we know what's in the house by looking in a window and so i would encourage you that whenever you are examining things that you're doing it holistically that you're sitting down in a relationship in context. This is the way Jesus said to do it. Hey, if you're offended by somebody, if somebody's done something, then sit down and have a conversation. He didn't say, get on Facebook and let the whole world know. No, have a conversation. Uh, try to deal with these things in a personal relationship. It's the only way, the only way correction is ever constructive is in the context of relationships. So again, you can't see the whole house by looking in the windows. And this was Jesus's emphasis. So healthy examination. That's also to say, we need to be examining things. So for my charismatic friends, Let's examine things. Is it the Lord, or is it just feel like it's the Lord? So let's make sure and measure those things with Scripture. Let's fellow, uh, let's let's use wisdom on those things. You know, we got a whole book in the Bible devoted to wisdom called Proverbs. We can be wise. We can we can discern these things. And so, I would encourage you also function in the spirit of discernment and use healthy examination. Number two, is be willing to take risk and embrace mystery. Be willing to take risk and embrace mystery. And so that's been one of the difficult things for me. It's like, I've been kind of like, man, God's moving, but I, I don't want it to get out of control. I don't want it to get weird. And I'm not willing to risk that sometimes. And that troubles me. And I really feel like the Lord has been challenging me on that. It's like, you know, I'm a little bit bigger than that. You need to know your role. You need to be responsible. But at the same time, you, you don't need to be so controlling and it doesn't need to all be on you. You really need to make sure that that's yielded to the Holy Spirit as well. And then embracing mystery. You know, we in Scripture we see signs and wonders. Jesus, it would show up in our churches today. We'd probably be pretty freaked out because Jesus did things very unorthodox, very out of the box. We see this through the uh, through the the book of. Uh, Of Acts, where the disciples are moving, people think they're drunk. So there's like all this mysterious stuff that's happening. And so we've got to be willing to embrace the things that we don't understand sometimes and just risk it a little bit. And if things get hairy, then we can correct it. We can use the biblical text that we have to correct those things that get really strange. And so, and the third thing is this where we can improve on is in a spirit of love, call to order when necessary. So make sure that when when the Holy Spirit's moving, when God's moving, that if we need to call order to it, that we do it, but we do it out of a spirit of love. I love what John Wesley says. My friend Mark reminded me of, of this quote and I couldn't remember who it was. He said well it was John Wesley. And this is what the quote says in the essentials unity in the non-essentials liberty. In all things charity. John Wesley said that in in the essentials unity in the non-essentials liberty in all things charity. Isn't that so good that we would always be pursuing unity and the things that are so important and the non-essentials that we like, man, I give you a little bit of room to function in those things, but in everything I'm operating with the spirit of love and I'm willing to call into order those things when they need to be called in to order. Listen, beloved, I would encourage you cultivate the ground, man. Just facilitate the atmosphere for a move of God. God wants to move. He wants to move in your church. He wants to move in your life. Don't be so uh, caught up in control. Don't be so caught up in criticism. Allow the Lord to do some some things. And if the things do get a little weird, well, then you have the text to bring it to and examine and to judge it. Love you guys. Thank you so much for your time. We went about 20 minutes today. Thanks for sticking with me. Have a great day.